1: Today on the Zabecast, Colin Kaepernick asks us, are your dreams crazy enough? I ask him, was this actually your dream? Andy Poland joined me during Monday Night Football as the Jets were debacling the Lions. We talked skins, football innovations, and much more. All of that plus two unthinkable tragedies that make you shake your head and say, how could that happen? If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, September 11th, 2018. It is only appropriate on this very sacred day in American history, September 11th, now the 17th year in uh, memoriam of the events of September 11th, 2001. The horrific terrorist attacks that killed well over 3,000 Americans in in New York City and in Washington and in Shanksville, PA. Only appropriate to remember their sacrifice and those first responders who did the unthinkable on that day. They ran up into a smoldering, collapsing skyscraper to try to save anybody they could, knowing with certainty that they were going to die themselves. That is something that, to this day, it just still absolutely blows me away and I remember the events of that day as I think we all do and where we were at the time and how we processed what was happening and really the feeling in the country in the days and the weeks afterwards and it was not fun times to be sure. You know we're 17 years on from this so we're coming close to a generation that has no recollection of the event. In fact you know my own daughter's have really no recollection of the event because um, one was not born yet and the other one was uh, just over about a year and a half old. Uh, So just keep that all that in mind, all those who uh, not only died on that day but died in the ensuing uh, wars that have come from this and the battle and the global war on terror and other actions around the globe and horrible, donkey-infested, backward-ass countries filled with insanely hateful and backwards people that, for some reason, still haven't gotten the memo that it's 2018. So, I don't know. You want to join civilization? Be nice. So, to all the men and women who have uh, sacrificed since the original 9-11 17 years ago, we will keep you in our thoughts today. Before uh, I get to Andy Poland, and I guess it's appropriate that I'd lead with Colin Kaepernick today, So I want to talk about the Colin Kaepernick Nike ad because on the one hand, I think the ad has real potential and I actually love the overall concept of, you know, if you have dreams and some people say they're crazy, that's not an insult, that's a compliment. And then Kaepernick as the voiceover guy and as the eventual star of the ad says, you should be asking, are your dreams crazy enough? I love that message. I believe that we all should aspire to leave, to lead outrageously insanely great lives in whatever it is that we want to do, in whatever turns us on, in whatever fulfills us from a work standpoint and you know relationship standpoint and family standpoint, outrageous, Everyone should aspire to live their life. Now, it's hard. You know We all fall short in certain areas, but that should be the aspiration. So uh, I dig the message. But then there is the secondary message, which appears in the print versions with Colin Kaepernick on it, which it says, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And that slogan does not really jibe with the, hey, do you have a dream? Is it crazy? Maybe it's not crazy enough. Because two problems here. Number one, many argue that Colin Kaepernick sacrificed nothing. And that to even say the word sacrifice in a nation that has, as I've just referenced, seen so many people actually sacrifice and give the full measure of devotion, as they say, to one's country to lay down their life, that to even say sacrifice is something that makes people see red. And I get that. Now I have said that I am not gonna boycott Nike because I just don't live my life that way. Can't live my life that way. Even people whose political views I vehemently disagree with, guys like Alec Baldwin, I'm like, he's funny. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to watch his shit. But I know he's a he's a ranting lunatic lefty who has ideas that I wholly do not a- agree with. But okay. I'm still if he's funny, I'm gonna watch him. As far as buying Nike stuff, that's another thing that's a conflict. I talked about how I just bought these Nike redskin sneakers, and they just came today in the mail, and I actually put them on, and I was like, eh, they're kind of a little bit tight. you know. Normally I buy sneakers based on fit first, and then the style has to be acceptable to me. I won't buy them necessarily on style first, and so I normally always try them on when I buy sneakers, and I'm like, eh, these are kind of a little bit narrow. Do I really want them? And I'm doing the whole let's walk around my house before I take them outside, so in case I can return them, you know me—that's my move. Then they'll still be in in good shape. And I got a couple of emails. I'll read you those emails right now. Uh, one of which basically said, "You know," both of them said, "I, you know, I, I I don't like you saying this." Here, this is uh, this is one. Let me start with this one. John in Cleveland. Uh, he writes to say. Zabe, I want to thank you for entertaining me for the past 15 years or so on my ride home. Unfortunately, I just can't take your thumb in my eye anymore. Listening to you drone on about the Twitterverse is difficult. But then on Tuesday of last week, you stated that you were going to buy Kaepernick shoes. I did say that. By the way, they haven't announced the Kaepernick shoes, and I'm not even sure they're going to come out. I said I'd buy them as an investment opportunity. This was a ridiculous statement, which I'm sure offended many listeners, not just myself. The next day I saw you tweet a picture of Nike shoes mocking the boycotters. Well, that was the straw that broke this camel's back. You say you try not to be political and don't want to discuss the anthem issue, but here you are shoving the cop-hating, Castro-loving jack Cole at your fans. Like I said, thanks for the years of entertainment, but I will now be listening to the other station on the way home, Or and then he adds somebody else. Uh, that was not John in Cleveland. Uh, John in Cleveland emailed me to say, Zabe, I thought you would appreciate this story. A buddy of mine just returned a pair of Nike shoes to dicks and complained to the salesman that, quote, they hurt my feet when I stand for the national anthem. ha Sincerely, John in Cleveland. Um, maybe it was John. Maybe it was John or... Uh, okay, I won't leave the name of the guy who was mad at me about the sneakers. I said to him, I said, listen, thanks, John. Sorry you took it that way. I think Cap is a fool and full of shit. The Washington Post database of police shootings proves that there have been 35 deadly shootings this year by unarmed of unarmed people by police in all of America. That's 35 deadly shootings. 17 were white, 15 were black. That's it. It's an amazingly small number. If there is real bias... It's hard to really prove based on the numbers, but I don't want to get into that. I said, the bottom line is I try to stay above it all. I don't try to reward or punish with my dollars. I don't try to change minds. I live my life. What can I say? And I said, I feel like it's given me extraordinary peace in these increasingly idiotic times. That said, I said, you're welcome back anytime. Let's go have a beer sometime. I think you'll get to know me even further. That was my email back to him. I've not heard back since then, and I'm genuine. I'm genuine in saying I would gladly have a beer with him. We could hash all this stuff out. Also, Kyle Patton emailed me to say, "Zabe, I was of much the ma- same mindset as you regarding the Nike ad and how it's not going to change how or where I spend my money." But as the weekend grew on, I grow, I got more and more, and more and more of the Kaepernick ads aired as I'm watching football. My blood began to boil. The message of "quote sacrificing everything." quote unquote, from that D-bag and Nike roused terrible personal images of lost Marine Corps buddies and colleagues whom I served with in Iraq and Afghanistan. I imagine I can't be alone in feeling this way. There's zero forethought or respect by Nike for any families of service members or first responders who have lost a loved one. Heroes who have truly sacrificed everything. So my new stance is now, fuck Nike. I'm all for the Steve Zabin show to be about fun. However, this Kaepernick-Nike ad topic bubbles up as a talking point in the future. Please keep those who truly sacrificed everything with you and your thoughts. And I will. And I understand that feeling as well. Do you know that Kaepernick also, it was just released today, has come out with a jersey? It is all black, white lettering, Kaepernick, seven, and on the front, Right under the, ne- the, 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 above the number on the front, it says hashtag I'm with cap. Okay. He does say 20% of the profits will go to his know your rights camp, which I think is a wonderful and fine thing for him to do. And 20% may be a nice, healthy cut. Um, but it's weird. It's now, it's like, so how do you feel, Kaepernick? Is this, my question for him is, Is this your dream? Wasn't your dream to one day play in the Super Bowl and win it? Isn't that what, you know, can't, is there not room for both? I know he says, well, I I wanted to play, but nobody gave me a job. I mean, how far do you go to prove that you're ready to play football and that you understand that your stance with the anthem is problematic to a number of owners, and so therefore you're going to uh, make sure to move your protest to a different venue. You've proven your point. You have raised your profile. The issue that you are passionate about is out there in the discourse, so now you're going to get back to being a football player. Isn't that your dream? I, you know, so the message of the Nike ad doesn't fit with the Kaepernick story at all, if you ask me, and there is prob- And I would say that the the word sacrifice is problematic, to be sure. But my general sentiment in my reply to John was true. I try to stay above all this. I don't try. I have my feelings. I have my thoughts. Don't get me wrong. But if it's going to affect my enjoyment of life, I generally say I'm not going to do it. Now, you could say I'm not doing my duty because if I truly feel this way about Nike and that they are in the wrong and that they are promoting a guy who is not worthy of, of being paid millions of dollars and who doesn't respect and appreciate this country, then I'm not doing my job by economically punishing Nike by just picking another sportswear company, of which there are many, Under Armour, Adidas, Reebok, etc. By the way, a little uh, uh, software update, not software, but outerwear update, soft gear update. When looking for a very light, very thin hoodie, at Dick's Sporting Goods, and I found it. I found two Reebok-made, super soft, super stretchy, very wafer thin hoodies. They're probably running hoodies. I think that's what the big picture on the wall at Dick said, and I'm like, I ain't running these things. But I am going to wear them around the house. I'm going to wear them around town when it's super, and not in those transition months between fall and winter. Because I love the kangaroo pouch with the hoodie. Love it. Put my keys in there. Put my wallet in there. Maybe put some, uh, you know, uh, good and plenties in there. Mm -hmm. Super light. And the other reason I bought these hoodies is because I'm going to wear them now mowing the lawn. Even in the dead of summer. Because, man, I don't want, I can't get sun on my neck. I used to put like a towel underneath my hat. And then there would be grass clippings and bugs getting on my neck, down my neck, back my neck. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I need a hoodie. I need a lightweight hoodie. Reebok made them $24.99 on sale. Got two of them at uh, Dick Sporting Goods. Okay. And I'm back. But as far as buying gear stuff, I could return these Nike shoes, I guess. Of course, I did go to NFLshop.com on opening day because I had sideline FIVA, as I told you yesterday, and I had to buy some gear. Two of the three pieces were Nike. One was Under Armour. What happens, though, if Under Armour does something where I'm like, ah, you know what? Fuck you, Under Armour. I don't believe in that. That's it. I'm not buying your shit. More importantly, let me ask this about Kaepernick. Does he feel like a sellout now? What do you think people around him say? Like, oh, okay, now you're... So let me boil your message down. I saw this on Twitter. Man, cops are still shooting people in the streets. Oh, buy Nike gear. Huh, what? Huh? You know, that doesn't seem to be... That doesn't seem to make sense, but okay. Wonder what Cap's inner circle are saying. Are they saying, man, you're selling out? Or, hey, now you're getting all this Nike money? You need to put some more back into the cause? Does Kaepernick himself wake up and go, God, I'm a fucking sellout. Look at me. What am I doing? I don't know. That's for him to figure out. Andy Poland. Let's, let's call Andy Poland, shall we? Let's see what old Andrew Poland's doing. Oh, there's the phone ringing right now. I bet Andy's watching the Jets right now lay the lumber. Hello. Hello, Andy. You watching the Jets lay the wood to the Lions right now, or what?
0: Yes, I am. 31 points, Sam Darnold. Looking good.
1: Is that how they pronounce his name, Sam Darnold? I think so, (laughs) I don't think it's Darnold. It's Darnold, right?
0: (laughs) I thought it was Sam Darnold, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Really? Well, I'd have checked uh, that. I don't know. Uh,
0: you, know, Arnold, know. you know who would know?
1: You know who would know is our friend Steve Buckhans. <laughs> yes. Who is the pronunciation, <laughs> can I say Nazi, to a Jewish fella on Rosh Hashanah? Yeah. Probably should avoid that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you could go another way. But uh, Verajon was his, like, uh, Mount Everest, that he was so proud of himself for. Uh, That'd be Cleveland, name,
1: yeah, Cleveland Cavaliers, Brazilian center, Anderson Verajal. Which he yeah. discovered through talking to Veragel during warm-ups that it's actually Verajon. Yeah, right, right. And so right, he prided himself right, right. on that. By the way, Happy New Year. I feel bad Thank calling you. you on Rosh Hashanah. Aren't you supposed to be sitting in a contemplative state right now?
0: Um, well, I, I think I've explained to you the various uh, divisions of Jewishness.
1: Th- this is the Super Bowl, whereas... No, no, it's no. not the Super
0: Bowl? This is the NFC Championship. Oh, Yom
1: Yom Kippur is the Super Bowl.
0: Exactly. That's next week. Uh, There's a 10-day period in between. It, It works in an odd way in the Jewish religion in that you celebrate the new year, and then 10 days later, you repent for your sins from the previous year. It's kind of like filing taxes, you know. You like get a you grace period
1: for three yeah, months. Yeah. yeah, you get three months it, to get your shit together. You got ten days to remember yeah. all the bad stuff you did and say sorry for it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. good. Oh, very good. And uh, when you're not going to, uh, how long do you fast?
0: Uh, sundown to sundown.
1: Of this weekend or next?
0: No, it's a one day deal. So next Tuesday after I have dinner. I won't eat again ah, until the sun
1: okay. goes down on Wednesday. Okay. Well, there you go. Happy yep. New Year, Andy. Let's talk some much. football. How about the Redskins winning in convincing fashion to open the season 1 and 0. Oh. People forget last year we were we, Andy. The Redskins <laughs> were 2 and 1 and had yeah. just beaten the shit out of the hot it girl team of the season, the Raiders on Monday Night Football last year. That right, is arguably right. a hotter start than just going 1-0 against a Cardinal team that might win four games.
0: Except for the fact that you'd lost five straight previous openers. And True. that the, the big hot point discussion was, uh, did Jay Gruden prepare his team properly by resting starters throughout the preseason? Now, the Arizona defense, I, I didn't really follow this as closely as Tom lavero did, but lavero was telling me how great the Arizona defense looked in the preseason. Well, yesterday, they got run over.
1: In the preseason, they looked good. And in our preseason, we didn't even take Trent out of bubble wrap. We didn't take uh, uh, Thompson out of bubble wrap. We didn't take Reed out of bubble wrap. It doesn't fucking matter. For the millionth time, August is worthless
0: except for the fact that you're looking over your shoulder and you're going, hmm, Brady's playing 25 snaps,
1: hmm, Patriots <laughs> are doing this.
0: That, that's not good, you know. It's like it's like you're at the gym and there's a guy sitting next to you with washboard abs and you're watching how he's doing sit-ups and you say to yourself, Hm, maybe I ought to be doing it his way. <laughs> you know? that,
1: that was curious that Brady played that big amount of snaps, but I don't know. The real test will be let's see how the Rams look later tonight because Sean McVay didn't play anybody in the preseason yeah, yeah. and made no well, bones right now, about it either.
0: Right now, he's the boy genius. So until his team really looks terrible, he's going to continue to get platitudes for whatever he does.
1: Wow. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the game right now, by the way, yeah. not, not to interrupt, but, I mean, uh, Matt Stafford is getting the shit beat out of me. just got Malachi crunched. Uh, a, a double shot from behind and in front down low. And it was a clean hit, according to all these new rules, Andy, including the squishing the quarterback rule, which I'll get you weigh in on in just a second. And there is no way the NFL the NFL can't write enough rules to protect these quarterbacks from this violent game. They just can't. They should stop. I
0: know. I know. Well, the, the, the rule you're referencing is horrendous. That is absolutely ridiculous. How are you going to rush the quarterback if you have to make sure that you don't land on him? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's going to ruin the game. I mean, it's, it's Matt Castle still playing? Wow. Castle now
1: quarterbacking. Oh, yeah, look replace. at that. <laughs> it's great when you find out guys are still in the league. By the way, you know who they're calling for in Chicago after Trubisky couldn't close the deal? Chase oh. Daniel. That's oh, right. Chase Daniel <laughs> is actually being talked about. That squishing the quarterback rule, it, it. you say it's the worst rule ever. I would tend to agree. But there have been other horrible rules in sports, like the infamous three-to-make-two rule in the NBA, where you got three free throws to make two of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was like the penalty situation. That was the only way that they could figure out penalties, is that, you know, if you were over a certain number of fouls that make you really pay, you get three to make two.
1: Got it. Okay. So it was trying to discourage... Fowler, yeah. okay.
0: But the, the landing on the quarterback, now there is some, if it's intentional, like that fat slob Saragusa who uh, landed on Rich Gannon and maybe kept the Raiders' chance of playing for the Super Bowl the year the Ravens won their first one, okay, I can see that one. I mean, he dropped his big fat ass right on, right on his chest. Well, the, the it,
1: rule came out of last year Anthony Barr with the Vikings cracking Aaron Rodgers' collarbone after driving him three steps without the ball and yeah. straight into the turf. When he knew the ball was gone, everyone knew the ball was gone. So they 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 went to move on that. But Rodgers got hurt on an innocent play on Sunday night, and there's no legislating against that. Yeah. Holy oh, wait, shit! The- just threw a Holy. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! The Jets just scored again. Wow. So let's just say so this game. Uh, and by the way, Andre Roberts has a seventy-eight-yard punt return touchdown.
0: Yeah, yeah. Andre crazy.
1: Roberts, ex-Redskin.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my well, yeah. God. Yeah. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So yeah, so this game started on the very first play, a pick six by Sam Darnold, and right now the Jets are leading forty-four to seventeen, something like that. Yeah,
0: something like that. Oh, it looks like he stepped out, so this may come back. But yeah, they're they're rolling it up on
1: him. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a pick six from Matt Castle. Yeah,
0: looks like a pick six. No, it's and that, Andre, I don't think that's Andre Roberts. That's not Andre Roberts, the former Redskin, I don't think.
1: Yeah, it is. But, yeah, it is. Andre it is. Roberts, a punt return, touchdown.
0: There's a oh, the, punt return. Yeah,
1: There's the punter trying to push him out of bounds, and maybe he did, yeah. maybe he didn't. Yeah. Either way, the Jets are laying the lumber right now. So back to the Redskins. What was the mm-hmm. best thing? What excited you the most as a Redskin fan about the win in Arizona?
0: Well, the second drive I tweeted this out, it, it looked like Joe Gibbs was calling the plays. And <laughs> you, you went even more old school than me on what I saw that you compared it to John Riggins and Joe Washington uh, who actually used to wear the same twenty-five that Chris Thompson does? And it's was a about reach. The same size.
1: It's a reach. Yeah, it's, yeah.
0: it's a reach. But but the, the, we have not seen the Redskins commit to the run like that since Gibbs was here the second time around. That yeah. was remarkable.
1: It was great. Yeah. It was great to see. Now Joe Washington, slighter than Chris Thompson, and a little bit more sacheting in his hips, right? <laughs> Shifty, yeah, Shit, shifty, like yeah, like he had. I, I, you know, you're going to scoff at this, but I'm going to call Joe Washington a poor, poor man's Gail Sayers.
0: No, I think that's fair, stylistically. Think, and, and in fact,
1: stylistically,
0: and, and in fact, we really never got to see the best of Joe Washington, if because when he was at Oklahoma, they were cheating their asses off and they were always on probation, so they never got on TV. But Joe Washington at Oklahoma. If you can find some YouTube highlights, it'll blow your mind. He came to the NFL. He was drafted by the Chargers, and he suffered a couple of knee injuries and really wasn't ever quite the same, though he did have some spectacular games. Mm-hmm. There's a famous one in the rain on Monday Night Football when he was playing for the Colts.
1: Oh, and right. Killing the
0: Patriots. Remember right. that? Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, and when he came here, he still had something left in the tank. But, yes, he was the, he was the quick back, and Riggins was the power back. Now, when Riggins came back – from his holdout in 1981, he was really the short yardage back, and Joe Washington was the top back, you know. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, and so what we saw from Chris Thompson was a lot of what Joe Washington used to do. And I'll tell you something. I mean, Barry's Reluga really wrote a really smart column today, like, you know, hey, this is one, and I go back to what you always say, it's a kaleidoscope league, so the way you look one week doesn't necessarily mean you're going to look the same the next week. But – uh, what we see now is, is a team that if, if certain guys stay healthy, they're a pretty dangerous offense. Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson both have a history of injuries, but if they stay on the field,
1: it's oh, yeah. a pretty
0: potent offense. You oh.
1: know? By the way, Andy, I am genuinely touched you would remember one of my silly sayings. It means a lot to me. Oh. Man. Thank you. Kaleidoscope League. I like it when you, when you remember my little catchphrases.
0: Oh, I always, I always credit you when I, uh, when I throw that one around. I like, like
1: that one. Uh, and like the other one that I coined, which was the bacon and oxygen cart for that fat ass, that fucking yeah. worthless <laughs> piece of shit, Albert Hainsworth. Someone was asking me. I think it was uh, Drew Olson on Twitter said after Aaron Rodgers left on a cart, he's like, "That's not good." How many guys yeah. take the cart off the field and return? And I said, "Ah, I remember a guy <laughs> in Atlanta, Albert Hainsworth. Yeah, remember that." But-
0: Yeah, Rodgers left because he had a knee injury. Hainsworth left because he was winded.
1: (laughs) I know, exactly. (laughs) He was tired of stealing all that money in a particular (laughs) game and needed to go to the restroom or something like that. So, yeah.
0: I'm telling you, when he declares bankruptcy... Mayor Bowser needs to declare it a D.C. holiday.
1: <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, do you think the Peterson thing is a bit of fool's gold or not? I yes, just yes, you do. Okay.
0: Yes, yes. No, there's no way he's going to be getting what he, I think so. Uh, well, I heard Taylor with you today. Taylor said he figured it out that if he averaged the same number of carries throughout the season he did on Sunday, it'd be four twenty-five for the year. Yeah. And that's not gonna happen. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's just that's just carries. That doesn't count receptions. See, I didn't like Gruden throwing to him late to rack up more yards because that, you know, one pulled hamstring and now we don't have him for a number of games. And the problem is we don't have anybody who's as good as he is. That's what's sad. Mm -hmm. We should have a young back who is dynamic and is as good as Adrian Peterson at age thirty four, if not better. We don't.
0: Yeah, and look, and conditioning has changed over the years, but in many cases when backs have had long holdouts, they do pull hamstrings and they do pull muscles early in the season because they're not in football shape. Now, he, he is a, a medical marvel. Came back from the uh, what, torn ACL. There's another pick. This is getting ridiculous. Holy uh, shit!
1: <laughs> oh, another interception by the Lions at <laughs> Castle. Oh,
0: wow! And Stafford's back. He's
1: back throwing. Picks. So, uh, oh, it wasn't Castle; it was Stafford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the humanity! Wow. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, you're right, and and so you, you count the touches. Uh, I just did quick calculation here: 416 carries, which would, yeah. you know, I think I think the modern high water mark. I'm not sure if it was a record. One year, Ricky Williams in Miami carried the ball like 490 times. There's something insane like that, like he wow. would, yeah, he would just run it forever. So, will Will Gruden be able to manage Peterson and say, "No, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna manage your carries," and is Peterson gonna go along with it?
0: Well, I think also, you know, Jay stayed with the run because it was working. He's quick to abandon it. So True. let's see what happens if they fall behind the Colts how long he stays with that. Right. And and the Colts now have some film. I mean, they had that preseason film, but what what can you tell from that? So I think they'll they'll have a game plan designed to, to stop some of that. Yeah. And uh, you know, but but the the whole key is really the Jordan Reed to me. I mean, Jordan Reed is the key to that offense. If he stays healthy, it opens up so many other things. If he's not on the field, they don't have anybody close
1: to him. Yeah. They don't uh, Ricky Williams. No, he never rushed it for. I, I was wrong about that. He did run it for 392 carries.
0: That's a lot. Riggins had 375 one year, which was a lot.
1: 392 but, uh, carries. That's Oof. a lot. That's. A, that's and, and look at you this. Know, uh, look at here. Look at this. Look at this three-year stretch stretch for Ricky Williams, uh, from when he was in New Orleans in 01, then traded to Miami. Uh, he carried 313, 383. And 3.92. Wow. 1,000 carries in three yards. Well over 1,000 carries.
0: Right. And, and you also, you know, the game has changed, you know, particularly since the Joe Gibbs of the 80s and the early 90s. And I remember covering a game, this was when the NFC East was like this, And remember the year, the second Giants Super Bowl under Parcells, where Otis Anderson was the MVP? Yes. I I covered a game at Giants Stadium where they played Dan Marino and the Dolphins. And I'm telling you, that game was over in two hours and 20 minutes because (laughs) Marino couldn't get anything going on offense. LT was was just in his face all day. And the Giants just ran the ball every down. And they just took the air out of the
1: game. And there's a lot to be said for the league if it could get back to that balance where you could win a Super Bowl with a Jeff Hostetler who's just in there to not fuck the game up. The game is now such that when Aaron Rodgers goes down, the entire Packer fan base holds its breath because their season is hanging in the balance. That did not used to be the case. You could survive backup quarterbacks taking you to the Super Bowl and winning it. See Doug Williams with the Redskins. See the Dolphins. See, a lot of other teams that had backups come in and go, all right, well, we're still a football team. We can still win games.
0: Yeah, but it depends on how the team was built. Like, well, they, Bill Walsh was so smart that the backup for Joe Montana was Steve Young. See, yeah. so, <laughs> I'm yeah, backing that. up a Hall
1: of Famer with another Hall of Famer. I'm pretty but, smart. But the flip
0: side was, was the Giants' starting quarterback in those days was Phil Simms, who was good. He was like Alex Smith good, but he wasn't Joe Montana good. You know, isn't he in so, the hall?
1: Isn't Phil Simms in the hall of fame? No, okay, no, and he won't be.
0: He's, he's okay. not a hall of fame quarterback. Okay. Good, but he's he's about the Seismic level. Good, not not a hall of fame.
1: Yeah, all right. Uh, did you see where Des Bryant named yeah. dropped the Redskins on Twitter? This is a first in which star athletes, star players that are currently out of work, actually want to come here. At least in terms of Twitter, and luckily the Redskins sent out signals saying, "Yeah, no, we're not interested." So it's kind of yeah. a it's kind of a nice thing on two fronts. It's nice to be an attractive place and it's nice that our owner and our GM doesn't jump at the latest bad idea for a bubblegum card. No? Yeah,
0: and and also the, the history of the team in that, oh, you just picked up Peterson and now you're adding Dez Bryant. Who is going to now- stop us? Yeah, what's next? Dion wants to make a comeback. You know, <laughs> how far do you want to take it? So, and I think I think they are conscious of public image. And look at this team begging you to buy tickets. Oh, I that's think
1: that's the other thing. So Andy sends me a link to a tweet, I guess, from Michael Phillips, Richmond Times Dispatch, that showed the StubHub seat availability map, a physical oh. map that showed as little dots. Here's the tickets available for Colts Redskins season opener at home for the Redskins. And the lower bowl, Andy, was littered with available seats.
0: Well, the two end zones were almost completely available. And I was surprised at the number of seats available between the 20s. And then they had the club seat section, which was completely open. I mean, anybody who had club seat contracts, they're out of them now. So you know where whoever you see sitting up there, that, that's paper. Those tickets were given away. Yeah. I, I wonder how many people have actually bought club seats in the last ten years.
1: Are you going Probably to? Are you planning to go to a game this year at FedEx?
0: Yes, I am. Which one? Um, it's it, here's the deal. Uh, one of my son's roommates from uh, college is from Dallas, and he wants to come in and see the Cowboy game. So is he going go to fly colors? Uh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be a cowboy fan. Yeah, he's a big cowboy fan.
1: And he'll fly colors. Oh yeah. Oh, boy. And your son will what? Wear his giant shit? <laughs> he's not. Oh no he'll no he's me. not a he's not a giant fan. I'm sorry that's Scott's no, son. No no he's not
0: he's not even but he's he's the lost generation. So the only fan he of Teamy is is, is the fantasy team. He doesn't he doesn't have football team passion because because <laughs> the Redskins being so bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, did you watch Kirk at all in Minnesota?
0: Just you know, red zone stuff, and he looked he looked fine. I mean, I saw your tweet. You know, your old girlfriend is back, she's back in, in the, the club, club, and she's looking
1: high. fire, baby. He yeah, looked. Look, I, he threw two great dimes for touchdowns. I mean, yeah, right he, on the money.
0: He did, but I, I sent out a tweet. Some people got it. Some people didn't. I said, "We'll never forget you, Kirk."
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Do people <laughs> yeah. say it's not Kurt, it's Kirk.
0: Yeah, or who's that? Yeah. You know, but but the, the point being is, you know, th- th- we got a guy now. And, we got and, and,
1: Alex is the equivalent. I don't dispute that. Alex is the equivalent. He's older though, and he's not cheap. That's the only points I'm going to make.
0: Yes, but he, he's not always apple polishing like like Kirk and spreading sunshine. Somebody sent me the perfect tweet yesterday. It was, "Hold my beer." That's who he is. Like, okay, you want to see what I can do here? Hold my beer. Who, Kirk? And, no, Alex Smith.
1: Oh, right. Okay, a little bit so. Like, uh, but you know, Alex is kind of buttoned up as well. I mean, he's not as he's not as aw shucks and Ned Flandersy right. as Kirk is.
0: Right, but but the, the feel I get from him is okay. I got this. All right, everybody's panicking. Sit down, relax. Oh no, there's
1: there's a confidence to him. There's no question. But yeah. there's a reason that the Chiefs said we can do without him, and Patrick Mahomes lit it up in his debut as starter in Kansas City. So okay, just yeah. saying, just but, saying. I'm I'm happy to have him. It costs some money. He's not free against the salary cap. He is old, so they got to make hay with him in the next three years because I think that's the window.
0: Well, I I looked up a comp. Do you remember Steve Deberg?
1: He's uh, Alex is better than Steve Deberg.
0: He is better than Steve DeBerg, but Steve DeBerg started out as a backup to Joe Montana. Then he moved to Miami, where he was a backup to Dan Marino. Then he went to Denver, where he was a backup to John Elway. Finally, he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs at the age of 36. He throws 23 touchdowns and five interceptions and leads the Chiefs to an 11-5 and record. So what I'm saying about Alex Smith, he's 34. In the next two or three years, he could be that guy, and he doesn't throw picks. I mean, he had a couple of interceptions in the second half last night that were clearly just thrown away just to avoid an interception. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and Kirk it, has incomplete
1: thrones. incompletions. You mean not interceptions? Yeah, he had a couple of incompletions that he just yeah. didn't want to throw a pick. Well, exactly, he's yeah. he's and super smart, as Joe Gibbs would say, super smart.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Kirk <laughs> Kirk threw soul crushing interceptions. He did. He threw you know, the, even
1: he threw the one against the Giants at the end of the season. What mm-hmm. else did he throw?
0: Well, if you look at the the numbers that that he's had, I mean, he does not have Alex Smith's numbers. But that was the only
1: soul-crushing interception. That's true. Otherwise, otherwise the team wasn't good enough to be in contention. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. That said, let's talk some TV innovations. Apparently, NBC's completely unnecessary green zone technology is going to stay all year long, despite every football fan in America saying, what are you doing? You have the first down line. We don't need you to paint the area between that and the line of scrimmage. Your thoughts.
0: Yeah, agree. It's that's over technology. That's it really is. I give you Does it, it
1: annoy does it annoy you though? Uh
0: it probably doesn't annoy me as much as it annoys you.
1: Well, you don't get as annoyed by much, but yeah, it annoys no. the shit out of me. I but hate it. I-
0: I have a cute yellow line story for you. Okay. Uh, uh, some years ago. Oh, by the Joe way,
1: the Lions just missed a field goal. Forty-one yeah. seventeen. They're they're getting hammered by the Jets right now and missed a field goal. Matt Patricia is sitting there looking like, why did I take this job?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, and there's an old time fan just shaking his head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Let's All right. let's so, continue. So, so, yellow line story. Go.
0: Some years ago, Joe Jacoby was watching a game with his wife. Now, when Jake married her, she was not a sports fan. She learned some football over the years. But she said to him, oh, how come they didn't have that when you were playing? Then at the stadium, I could have been able to tell where you could get a first down.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, there's a guy that invented such a device that he claims can be seen in the stadium.
0: And it you, should be. Do you know and, that? And it should
1: I interviewed well, it, this guy. It's like uh, called yeah, the first down laser.
0: And they should have that, and they should also have laser to set the ball rather than have to go to replay to find the spot. Why don't you just use a laser instead of the referee uh, kind of lining it up where he thinks it is? Why don't you use a laser to do that?
1: Yeah. Uh, first down laser systems LLC comes right up on a Google search. And I'm seeing videos and pictures of it. It's pretty badass. It paints a laser line on the field itself. Be
0: good. Yeah, of course,
1: uh, uh, this guy, oh, yeah, Alan Amron, I have interviewed him. Uh, This story is from 2010. Inventor Mm -hmm. betting his first down laser will come to stadiums. Well, hadn't come yet, so keep on plugging away. Uh, Other television. It's just scored again, by the way. Oh, oh, my God. How did they? (laughs) How did they st- oh the humanity how I did they-
0: Crowell sixty two yard touchdown run?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's forty seven to seventeen now. <laughs> oh my god, that is fantastic. Okay. All right, so other T V innovations. Let's talk about important ones, ones you like. Let's go through history. I'm just not quite in chronological order, but instant replay. Was a yes. new innovation to television in the 70s, I want to say? No, I'll
0: give you the, the backstory story on that. The first time that Instant Replay was due to be used was for the Army-Navy game in 1963. And that was supposed to take place on November 24th, I believe. Uh, President Kennedy was killed while the NFL canceled games that weekend. Uh, college Did not cancel games, excuse me. College football did. And so it was two weeks later, and they rolled it out for the first time. And people were saying as they're watching, "Wait a minute! Did he score twice? What happened here?"
1: No, he didn't. And score. That's, oh, right, I yeah. see on instant replay. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was the first time. I think it was a the, it was Roger Staubach's Navy team playing. Army Sorry, hold on, Rally
1: hold team. on a second, Andy. Look at the surrender Cobra by the old man wearing the Barry Sanders jersey. <laughs> <laughs> The surrender cobra pose is the greatest meme in sports where you're so devastated by your team getting beat, you put your hands behind your head and you flare your arms out like a cobra in Surrender, (laughs) An old man just did it. I love it. This is great. Okay. So anyway, so Army-Navy instant replay, and the fans on TV are like, what? Did he score twice?
0: People couldn't believe it. And so that, that was the first time it was used. And then uh, I guess it became part of, you know, television by the mid-60s. And uh, and, and now then, if we don't
1: know, have, like, three different angles of replay, we're pissed. We're like, that's it? Only two angles? What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, the Sideline uh, Reporter, when did that TV innovation come about?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Oh, okay, I'll give you that one. I know that one. Uh, in 1973 or 74, Rune Arledge had the idea for Hello,
1: college football. Sorry,
0: yeah. (laughs) Bruce Harledge had the idea for college football games that they would take a student, and the student would be down on the sideline to give a report. And he sent around, you know, had a call for people to send in tapes of what they could do, and he got tapes. Some were okay, some were not. Finally, a tape came from a graduate student at the University of North Carolina by the name of Jim Lampley. And Jim Lampley got the job, and the idea was they were going to have a different student every year do it. But after the first year, they go, you know, so much trouble to get this guy Lampley, and he's pretty good. We're going to keep him on the job. So Lampley was the first one. Wow. Um, If I'm not mistaken, Leslie Visser was the first one in the NFL and that was something that, you know, was kind of difficult to get through because the old time coaches didn't want to, you know, yeah. broad hanging around the sidelines and stuff like that. But I, I think it was Leslie sometime in the seventies. who was the first one.
1: All right. I got five more of these real quick. Uh, TV innovations for 500 Alex, three man broadcast booths.
0: Uh, I had to be the Monday night crew. I would think, um, with Cosell, this, again,
1: Dandy, Don and Don and, uh, Keith Jackson,
0: Keith Jackson. Very good. Keith Jackson was the first year because, uh, Frank Gifford couldn't get out of his contract with CBS. And um, the, uh, the room said this has got to be more than just a football broadcast. Okay. So that's why he put Cosell in there. And the chemistry between Cosell and Meredith was magical. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people didn't like Cosell. And Henry Ford, who is still alive, uh, wanted to pull his spots off the air But they saw the ratings, and they wound up sticking out.
1: Yeah, there's no substitute for chemistry in broadcasting, is there? Television, radio, or you name it. All right, stats during the games. When did that come about in television?
0: Stats during the game. I don't know. um, I I know this. Buckhantz talks about this. When Fox got the rights to football in '94, Mm -hmm. they were the first one to put the score box.
1: The bug. Yeah, the score bug in the upper right. It was very basic. It was a white score bug. It had nothing fancy on it. And some people hated it. I remember taking calls on this. They're like, ah, it's distracting. And in fact, NBC refused to use it because I think it was Ebersol said he liked the purity of Mm -hmm. the screen. He didn't want to muck it up with the score. Of course, then right. Fox went another step further, and they said, "Well, we're going to put a rotating set of scores for the other games going on on the screen at all times." And people were like, "Oh, I like that. This is all pre-internet, pre-phone, where you can get scores anytime you want. This was a vital thing to be able to see what's going on at every second with every other game."
0: Right, David Hill, I think, was the uh, was the genius behind that. Yeah, and uh, and that was that was a real game changer. Right. Absolutely.
1: How, how big was Spider Cam? This, the camera that flies above the field on on high tension wires
0: um, pretty cool you know,
1: I, I like it I, a lot
0: i i don't i don't know when that started but
1: Late i remember
0: yeah, Jacoby was telling me that it, when they had the seventieth anniversary, he was talking to a couple of old time players that they had brought back for that, and they were just amazed at that. They thought yeah. that, that was that was brilliant. So that would have been two thousand two. Yeah, so sometime in the nineties. Uh sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. I I I could do without that. Yeah. To be how about
1: honest. how about Pylon Cam, a recent innovation. Yeah. Do you like Pylon well, Cam?
0: Well yeah, and Belichick was pushing for that for years, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, and as soon as he suggested, it, I think a lot of other owners are like, fuck him, man. Let's not do that.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. trying to put one over on us.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, one other uh a couple other media notes uh before we say goodbye tonight. Uh Van Pelt Center just turned four years old at the start of September. It has been a huge, unqualified hit for ESPN, and it has been unreplicatable because they said, ooh, this works. Yep. Personality infused sports center. Let's do it here. Let's do it here. Why has it worked so well for Scott?
0: Because he has a personality. Wait, hold on. And let me get people.
1: a let me get a pen. Let me write that down. Slow down. It works because why again? Because <laughs> he has he a has personality. A personality. And a and personality that people like and more yeah. importantly a personality that comes across as genuine.
0: Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I think I, you know I think he's the most talented person there I, I and I've felt that for a long time uh, and I thought his radio show that he did uh was the best national show I'd ever heard and I and I told him that
1: uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: well yours was very good but his his had all the all the ESPN all bells the trappings
1: of ESPN I get it. Yeah, That's I mean fine. you, you, you
0: Look, you you were driving a Chevy. He, he, he I had was no driving chance. a Mercedes. I
1: had no chance. I had the, had the worst crew chief, worst pit crew. No money, you know, <laughs> no corporate yeah. backing. No one pushing me. Still try to do as many fast laps as I could. And Bob Lee, who I saw somebody tweet calling him the general. Yeah, starts... you know where
0: that started, don't you? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh, well like, the the, the yeah, yeah the first the first real job that he had there, the first thing that put him on the map was he was the host of college basketball and uh, and remember this too people forget that the NCAA tournament the first two days CBS had the rights forever but they would say Thursday and Friday
1: of who games, wants
0: it? So eat that yeah and and ESPN said oh if you're not going to eat that we'll take that and they started doing the Thursday and Fridays and they you know if you know how big that is now but people were saying, oh, yeah, we can't get any work done. You know, we're taking off of work. We're calling in sick. We're, you know, hanging out with our friends. And so his partner for the the, the stuff where they would go from game to game was Dick Vital, ah. And and Vital because of Robert E. Lee, you know, called him the general. Oh, so that's okay. where it came
1: from. And yeah. they said he started his 40th year with the company. And I said, how can you start your 40th year when you're on sabbatical for six months? <laughs>
0: well the checks are still coming aren't they
1: see that's what i don't understand how does that work i guess if you've been at a place for 40 years and you say i need a break then they'll just give you a six-month break and pay you right
0: well i i don't think they wanted poor old bob lee you know crying to everybody well you know i've been here 40 years and i was a little burned out and wanted to take some time off and they said like, get out so he, he had he had leverage there and okay. uh, he you know he's made a lot of money there i he he got a lot of stock options in disney well, over the years but so why very, uh,
1: why would you take off these 6 months the best part of the sports calendar
0: well he works a different side of the street right i mean he's like doing you investigative know, shit yeah and, and you know okay. is is not he's not really like the mainstream like now now, now they've managed Berman, as I predicted, has managed to, to weasel his way back <laughs> yeah. in.
1: Although I would say, Andy, they need Berman. Sam no, Ponder does not fit. Whatever you want well, to say about her, she does not fit. It's sexist to say this, but I'll say it anyway on my podcast. I want to hear a man introduce football on Sunday morning. Sorry.
0: Well, That's well, what I want. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, did you watch the uh, the, the uh, show on uh, NBC Sports Washington, the game after the Redskins? No. Okay. Well, they they, they the first did the right one thing. without
1: first one without Chick Hernandez in how long? Yeah, long uh, time, right? Ten uh, years at least, she, fifteen years.
0: Yeah, he did it for a long time, and he they did it very well. Um, I agree. But they've added D'Angelo Hall Saw to that. the to the group, so it's Mitchell, D'Angelo Hall, and, and Trevor Maddich.
1: Maddich. and Julie and, Donaldson leads the show.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. See, that's the key. What she does is she stands up at a board, and she'll introduce them, and they discuss among themselves so that's working a lot better you know chick could could hold his own with that group uh this will sound sexist but i don't think she can and with the three of them and hall just recently retired played with most of these guys it really worked and and i'll tell you where where it really worked was um when the uh the cornerback dunny they call him
1: uh quentin dunbar yeah
0: yeah when he came on with d'angelo hall and he was saying how much Hall had helped him, and they were t- telling stories about, you know, on the field where Hall was coaching him up. That was really good television. No, really and that's television.
1: what and that's what works. Getting ex players yeah. with current players and letting them talk like that, and it helps when you win because when they don't win, it's all long faces and cliches.
0: Yeah, and sometimes the host will say, uh, "You ever think about asking the coach to uh, play the other guy?"
1: <laughs> uh, Mark. Hi, Steve Zabin here. Have you ever thought of maybe wandering off into the woods, digging a small hole, and just curling up? I'll hang up and listen to your answer off the air. What kind of asshole would ask a question like that? All right, real quick, last, 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 last media thing I've got to run by you. Uh, Tony Bruno is going to be honored by Barrett Sports Media Consultant uh, Consulting Agency, a guy that does it in sports talk radio, along with Jeff Smullion who you know as the one-time former co-owner of the uh, Mariners?
0: Well, yeah, but he was also the godfather of sports radio.
1: And that's why Smolian's being honored. But yeah. uh, but Bruno, I wholly subscribe to that honor because I think there are a few people who have done it as well as Tony has over the years.
0: Oh, I, I absolutely agree, and I think the big shame is whatever has caused him to leave all these jobs I mean, he's the guy, he was the original host with Mike Golick. That show should have worked. That should have been one of the big hits in the history of, of sports broadcasting. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and unfortunately, he had trouble with, with management. But that was a perfect show because Golick was the sidekick, which is what he should be. And Tony was a real radio guy, not, not this Greenberg guy who, you know, is is a pretty face and, and management likes him and he's safe. Tony knew how to do radio. And Tony, it was a great show.
1: Tony is radio alpha. And he's a yeah. guy's guy, but without being obnoxious and with a great sense of humor. And a great a and infectious laugh. And Tony Bruno has a sense for what is absurd and what, should not be. You shouldn't get worked up over. And too many hosts in our business are too serious, too self-important, and not funny.
0: Yeah, and he's he's come up with a lot of the catchphrases which which work for him. You know, the lead
1: beautiful. <laughs> that's yeah, his and like signature. Yeah, that's phrase. another one.
0: He also he also had the rim shot, and this idiot who was running ESPN at the time, a former television guy. Uh, who said, no, don't use that. That's not good. What? That's not understanding the medium. I mean, just don't get it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Somebody at ESPN said, don't play the rim shot after a funny joke.
0: Yeah, Eric, whatever his name was, he was oh, terrible.
1: Eric, just Sch- terrible Eric Schnur.
0: Yeah, something like something that, like yeah. That. No, that's Schoenfeld somebody else. Was,
1: Schoenfeld, Eric right.
0: Schoenfeld was his name, yeah.
1: All right, Andy, no. we are 1-0, and, and I couldn't be happier. Let's go have a season it's great the Redskins won. Andrew Luck this week. Aaron Rodgers, maybe, although I didn't even think about that. We could be catching a huge break if he can't play in a couple of weeks. And then Drew Brees, so we got a we got an onslaught of good slingers coming at us now these next three weeks.
0: Well, yeah, but, but let's look at it this way. You beat the Colts. Aaron Rodgers isn't playing by week three. Uh, you're three and zero going into the bye,
1: oh. and, you, <laughs>
0: and you come out and face a Saints team that got forty eight hung on them by Fitzgerald. I mean, yeah. that is that is very enticing.
1: All right, very good, Andy. We'll talk soon. Uh, by the way, follow Andy on Twitter at
0: AndyPollin1 and with Tom Lavero on Saturdays on JFK.
1: Okay, and the Andy Poland DC podcast is still on hiatus, like Bob Lee.
0: Hoping to come back, yes. We're hoping to make a comeback.
1: All right, very good. Andy, good to talk to you as always. Thanks, bud. All right, we'll end on these two stories today. They are unthinkable tragedies, one in which self-inflicted, and the victim is the person who unfortunately did it, and the other one is a horrible tragedy that uh, another person is dead, and the person who did it is reportedly devastated. We start in Connecticut where a woman, and please... Because I've got female listeners to this very ZabeCast. One of whom I know, Deb Wagner, is a smart, smart cookie. And she hates it when I play the... It's like a woman. (laughs) Just like a woman soundbite. It's like a woman. Hmm. A woman in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Thunderstorms rolled through. Power went out of her house. Went looking for candles to light the house. Had just bought the house recently. Went down to the basement. Went rooting around, found what looked like a candle, lit it. Turns out it was a quarter stick of dynamite. Are you kidding me? Uh, boom goes the dynamite! Ha, ha ha ha! Severe injuries to her hands and her face, and may lose some fingers and or worse. Every guy I know is like, "How the fuck do you do that? Like, how do you light that and go? Oh yeah, it's definitely a candle." And I think it's easy easy for us guys to say that because most guys have lit a firecracker in their life or they have lit a firework in their life or they have been around garage shit in their life to go, hmm, that's not a candle right there. I would think that dynamite should have warnings right on the stick that says, caution, dynamite. But maybe they were in small print or maybe they were on the other side of the dynamite or I don't know maybe it was too dark to read the label it's just hard to imagine at first it's easier to to do the whole you know (laughs) brett must or do the whole bobby bowden just like a woman but I'm gonna just make a comparison here guys and I think we can all understand this how many of us have bought a pair of sunglasses or something else that we later find out is actually a woman's style of outerwear or sunglasses or something. How many of us guys haven't been able to figure out basic things? I asked my wife the other day. We have stacked washer dryers. They both have the same circular door and like the thing I go. She's like, yeah, just uh, uh, put put your dirty you know lawn clothes in the washer. And I go, which one's the washer? Good God. <laughs> I know. So, and I could have figured it out, obviously, but I just offhand didn't even know because I don't do the laundry. So, yeah, I can see where a woman would maybe not know. It's like a woman. That's dynamite. That's not a candle. Horrible accident. The other one is in Dallas where an off-duty police officer, a woman, ends up shooting dead a young man in his own apartment in a case in which she claims she came home after a shift, went to the wrong floor, and came into an apartment that she thought was hers, and according to... She's now been charged with manslaughter. According to the details, like the door was ajar, she used her electronic key card to get in, Uh, the lights were dark, she noticed somebody was in there, she started to panic, she apparently said made some commands to stop or whatever. This is her claims, I believe, that are in the affidavit. And then she ends up fatally shooting a a young man who is uh, black. I believe he is from uh, the Caribbean, somewhere like that, uh, or of that descent, whatever the case is. He's a minority, she's white, and shitstorm has ensued, as you would expect it would. Uh, Not that it's right that it's... It's exploding like this, but it's a weird case. I mean, I still want to hear more. I still want to know more. Apparently, the story I just read today said that the two did not have any prior relationship. Apparently, the story I read today said that her apartment is directly underneath his apartment. Apparently, the story I read today said that the layouts of each apartment... Built in each apartment itself are very similar. I mean, I think it's a plausible story. I think it's a horrible story in which she had a gun on her and she panicked in the moment and shot somebody dead. I have a hard time believing, though, that she shot this young man who, nice young man, I mean, like a choir boy, literally, like a choir, boy, literally in the choir at church. Uh, working for a company. I mean, sweet kid, no record, nothing like that, in his own apartment, shot dead by an off-duty cop who happens to be a woman, happens to be white, he happens to be black. Very bad optics. I want to know more, though. I think everyone should just cool it just a bit, though, because at so- sometimes these horrible mistakes are just that. Horrible mistakes. There is not racism going on. Like, Try to be, crawl into the mind of this woman. Like how much would you have to hate black people to say, I'm going to pretend, I know a black guy, a, a kid, a nice young man, but he just happens to be black. He lives in the apartment above me. I know what I'll do. I hate him. I hate blacks. And so I'm going to go up there and I'm going to shoot him dead and then go, whoops, wrong apartment. Again, That's possible. But percentage chance that is versus just a case of, oh, shit, what a horrible mistake this was. Wrong, wrong floor, long shift, panic, next thing you know, boom, boom, boom. I've watched enough police videos gone bad in various um, YouTube clips. And I've seen stories of, holy shit, how did that person get to become a cop? Like, that's some horrible policing right there. There's a lot of bad policing out there. There's a lot of great policing out there as well, but there's there's enough bad policing out there, you're like, wow, how did that person ever get issued a gun? And then there are things that, I've seeing seen a clip of like a drug suspect who is brought into the interrogation room, windowless, tiny room, concrete walls, where they're supposed to frisk you to make sure, okay, you don't have a weapon because we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about this and say, okay, Bob, what happened in this crime? You really want to confess? What are you doing? And this surveillance video from the room shows after the cop had done, you know, gotten done interrogating this guy, he pulls a gun somewhere out of his pants or his waistband or his sock, puts it in his mouth and says, that's it, I'm out, bang. Kills himself because he's like, I ain't going to prison for 30 years on a cocaine wrap. How do you let that guy have a gun in there? Makes you just shake your head. Anyway, I'll see more details on this story from Dallas. The woman has been arrested. She's been charged with manslaughter. And that sounds kind of appropriate, but, you know, I don't know what the law is. I don't know what the facts of the case are. Everyone just slow down a bit. That's all. Except that maybe it was just a horrible tragedy. Maybe. You have to keep that as a possibility. But I want to know more first. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget, subscribe to the Zabecast premium by going to zabe.com slash premium you will get Friday's football five way show I've got a good one coming up for this Friday week two of the NFL season Monday through Thursdays are of course as free as ever get them wherever you get your podcast delivers for that extra 45 minutes of me zabe on twitter and zabe.com on the web and I thank you for listening have a great day and we will see you next time